Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. My next guest is an award-winning civil rights attorney, autism advocate, best-selling author, TV host, and a legal analyst for CNN. Please welcome back to Money Making Conversations, Ariva Martin. Hello, Rashawn. <laughs> How are you, my friend? Good, good. Ariva, so you're on the West Coast, correct? Yes, Los Angeles. What time? Because, I, you know, I'm on the East Coast, and I don't care what time I call Ariva or email her. She responds. So what time do you get up on the West Coast, Ariva? <laughs> well, I have a pretty strict exercise regime that I follow. So Mm -hmm. in order to do everything I need to do in the morning before I hit the gym, I get up around 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay, get up at 5 a.m. Because she'll respond back to you. That's what I love about it. You know, so obviously the phone is always near you because you are always making yourself available to breaking news or breaking political news for CNN, correct? Yes. And because my job is breaking news, you know, and news breaks uh, in this world we live in today, 24-7, I'm always checking my news sites to see what's going on, what's hot, what's, you know, what's trending, because I never know when I'm going to have to show up and start talking about what's happening or get a call or email saying, did you see this story or what are your thoughts, what are your, you know, your, your opinions, and uh, I'm a news junkie. I love it. So I don't feel like I'm working. I feel like I'm enriching myself. And it, it's what I love. I love news. So I can't consume enough of it. Now, CNN, being an analyst on CNN, you know, everybody wants jobs. And How did that opportunity come to you? And how do you, like I said, you always told me you enjoy the news. You, you, you stay on top of it naturally anyway. How did the opportunity come to you? Well, that's a good question. I get asked that question a lot, and you're right. Lots of people. This is a, a lawyer friend of mine in Los Angeles. Every time he sees me, he says, Ariva, I want your job. <laughs> uh, but I, I was very fortunate. I started uh, guest uh, appearing. You know, I made myself available to some local news channels here in Los Angeles 
uh, to talk about a bunch of local topics and, and things that were in the news in the Los Angeles community. And starting out doing those local news segments led me to uh, getting some opportunities to talk on national TV. And it wasn't just CNN. It was MSNBC. It was Fox. It was uh ABC News and other national news outlets is where I actually started. And before I actually became a paid contributor and a contracted with CNN, I would frequently appear sometimes in, in one day on four or five different networks, wow. uh, including uh, the BBC and uh, Good Morning Britain and some shows that only uh, you know can be. Uh, Shows that are aired outside the country. Right. Now, let me ask you this. So what you do, I think, is is opinionated. Uh, It has to be fact-driven. Do you feel pressure? Do you feel to get it right or or because of the fact that it is an opinion, but it is fact-based? How do you deal with that? Yeah, no, that is a good question, too, Rashawn. And yes, I do feel pressure to be accurate because people follow me, people watch me, people uh, quote me, they recite what they hear me say, and I take that very seriously. And when I uh, give my opinion or I, you know, weigh in on issues, and I'm talking, you know, some of the biggest issues in this country from abortion rights to sexual harassment to, you know, the political debates that we just had uh, with the Democratic uh, candidates. Uh, police brutality, police shootings. I mean, all of the big issues that that are in the news every day, I typically am weighing in on. And I want the information I provide to be accurate. I don't want it to be, quote-unquote, fake news. I I don't want to give the wrong statistics. I don't want to mislead people about the facts. So I I often tell people for a three-minute segment that I'm doing, I may spend three to five hours researching and reading and not just one outlet or one opinion or one source, but reading and listening to videos and and getting as much factual background as I can, because unfortunately so much, there's a lot of noise in the the news. Uh, There's so many different sites. There's so many different sources. And unfortunately now you may have a story that's released and it'll be picked up by a hundred different outlets. And that story may contain a bunch of inaccuracies and everybody just picks up on it and starts reciting it as if it is accurate. But when you do your research and dig deeper, you'll learn that maybe some of the facts, the facts or information cited are actually inaccurate. So I think I have a responsibility as someone who has a large platform to make sure that I'm using that platform in a responsible way. Well, you've always been responsible when I've spoken to you. Uh, your background out of St. Louis, uh, uh, inner city, you know, grew up in the inner city, and you went east, and I was a, a Harvard grad, and now you're west. You have a law firm with your husband uh, based in Los Angeles, Martin & Martin. How is that work, you know, working in that environment of trying to maintain a balanced life? Because we want to get you your kids because that's, that's a major part of your balanced life because, like you see, you're up at five, you're – I read your resume. I didn't even know this. You you, you run 5K races? Yeah, I, I became an avid runner. I was doing half marathons a couple of years ago, uh, and I kind of half switched marathon. up my okay, routine. Okay. Half marathon. Rashawn, not even close to half, maybe <laughs> trotting? 
I'm trying to. <laughs> but you yeah, just, I have a friend that's a marathoner, and she got me excited and geeked about running. So I, I was I was pretty hardcore for a while. I, I've kind of switched up, and I'm working out more in the gym now. But I still I'm going to do a 5K on the 4th of July here to celebrate the holiday. But, you know, you mentioned balanced life, and it is so important, whether you're a woman or a man, that you have not only what you do professionally to earn a living, but what you do socially, what you do for the community, what you do to just even, you know, gratify yourself and, and uh, you know, enrich your own soul. So I'm all about uh, self-care, self-love. Uh, I'm also about, you know, finding those opportunities to do those things that, that really help you know, uh, keep you going, those things that motivate you, that inspire you, that uh, give you a sense of renewal. And, and it sometimes can get lost. And I hear a lot of women, I, I, I do a lot of speaking around the country, particularly to women business owners and professionals and aspiring entrepreneurs. And that's always the biggest question. You know, can I have it all? Can I have a family? Can I have a husband or a partner or a spouse and children and you know, be successful in whatever my career choices are. And I like to tell people the myth of having it all uh, is in some ways just that and not to get caught up in how society defines what that all is. But I think women have to redefine or define for themselves, you know, what is a happy life for them. That for a lot of women, it doesn't mean having children. That's not every woman's goal or, or dream. Right. Um, not every woman wants to be married. You know, not every woman wants to be in the C-suite. So I think you have to define for yourself, you know, what uh, a happy, balanced life is. Absolutely. Undecided by those in the media that would like to tell you, you and show you. you. What, what, what it you is. should I'm be like. talking to uh, Attorney Reva Martin, area of legal expertise encompasses civil rights, gender issues, politics, and race. We come back. She's being honored. We're going to talk about a lot of her causes, particularly autism advocacy. Um, this is Rashawn McDonald. <laughs> you listen to Money Making Conversation on the phone. It's an award-winning civil rights attorney, autism advocate, best-selling author, TV host, legal analyst at CNN. Her area of legal expertise encompasses civil rights, gender issues, politics, and race. Uh, please welcome back uh, Ariva Martin. Ariva, let me ask you this question about uh, your legal area of expertise. How do you become an expert and say, I just, well, this is just a question I just need to know because sometimes uh, we say these things like civil rights, gender issues, we say politics and race. How does one become an authority, an expertise in those areas? It's primarily by the practice that you uh, engage in. Law school is uh, more about general law. It doesn't, most law schools don't require you to major in any particular area. You may take uh, more classes in one particular area, say corporate law or uh, civil rights law. You may load up on particular courses while in law school, but, but essentially we all graduate with a law degree that gives us the ability to choose any practice area. So your expertise comes from the practice that you, uh, you know, start working in once you graduate. So for me, I spent a very brief period of time at a large Wall Street law firm 
where I was doing definitely more corporate law. And I left that law firm and went into a small private practice with a partner. And it was there that that partner had been that lawyer that I started working with and built the business relationship with had been working in the area of uh, civil rights litigation. And I learned the practice area primarily from my partner. And a big part of my civil rights work involves disability rights. And that was, uh, I incorporated disability rights into my practice after my son, Marty, was diagnosed with autism. I met so many families who had issues either in their local schools or in their local communities, and they were looking for representation. They, they wanted to file federal civil rights lawsuits because their kids had been uh, discriminated against because of their disabilities. Uh, and that was what really helped me expand my civil rights practice. And just naturally, I gravitated towards working with women who, uh, you know, many women who had been sexually assaulted, sexually abused, sexually harassed. Uh, in the workplace, uh, minorities who have been discriminated against on the basis of their race, uh, gender bias, just, you know, gender discrimination. So for me, it was about uh, personal with my son and then just my own personal interest in the areas of civil rights litigation. Now, you know, legal commercials, or commercials, you know, uh, are dominating. Every city I go in, I see them. I see them Morgan & Morgan. Or I see uh, Call Now. Call Ken now. <laughs> Act now. You want money? We'll get you $500,000, a million dollars. Listen to this. I win, right. I win, I win, I win. What is going on with the legal profession? Well, the legal profession, uh, for many years, there were prohibitions against advertising. So if you think back 20 years ago, you didn't see all of those illegal uh, law firm ads on television. And over years, those restrictions have been, you know, loosened and lawyers have started to be treated by the profession like any other business. So you turn on the television and you see all these ads for these for-profit colleges, you know, get your degree in, uh, you know, dentistry or become a dental assistant, become a medical assistant. So just like those colleges advertise, once I'd say the handcuffs were taken off lawyers and they were able to advertise, they realize that, that, you know, that's a lucrative business. And there are people <laughs> sitting at home yes. watching television, you know, that don't have access. They don't know lawyers. They don't have friends who are attorneys. So they see those ads and they, they work because if they didn't work, you wouldn't see so many on television. So a lot of lawyers depend on that heavy television advertising as a way to drive clients and business to their firms. And it works, obviously, because, like I said, every major city I go into are not even major city because a lot of these lawyers, they, they kind of like uh, pair up with other law firms in different cities. Yes. And they kind of like umbrella like, so they got 300 lawyers that can uh, handle okay. your case. Yeah. A lot of firms are, you know, national firms. So they have local uh, affiliates in different cities. And, you know, the lawyering, and unfortunately in law school, they don't teach you about the business of law. But lawyering uh, is no different than running a, a sandwich shop, a coffee shop, or any other kind of business. <laughs> I you see. have the same issues, personnel issues, marketing issues, finance issues. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you just provide a service called legal services, but you could be providing coffee. Orange juice doesn't matter, but at the end of the day, it's a for-profit business. 
Now, hopefully, depending on the kind of law that you practice, you might be doing some good in the world. Right. But to keep those doors open, you know, you've got to bring in revenue and deal with the same, uh, you know, finance issues right. that any other business does. Uh, Ariva, uh, we mentioned earlier about you being a, a autism advocacy advocate, and uh, your youngest son has autism, and you started the Special Needs Network, and on July 27th, uh, Holly Robinson, Pete, and her husband will be honoring you in a tremendous program that I will be in attendance. I will be there. Uh, also along uh, being honored that same night to be Eva Langoria. Uh, when you're being honored, because recognitions have come to you on a regular basis because you are passionate about it because it is a personal uh, concern with yours. To be honored on that event on July 27th, what does that mean for your brand? What does it mean to the attention you're trying to bring to the cause of autism? Because also, Holly Robinson Pete and Rodney Pete have a, have a son who has autism as well. Yeah, I'm excited about it. You know, Rodney and Holly and I have uh, collaborated in the past. So they have a foundation uh, that works. They do a lot of work with adults with autism. They've opened up a couple of centers that provide job training. Uh, the, the work that my organization does is different in that we've really focused on underserved, poor communities, early intervention, early detection, and providing autism behavioral therapies for kids as well as advocacy training for their parents. And we've also focused a lot on legislation. We've been really the drivers of some key laws that have been passed in the state of California, and we've consulted uh, at the national level on several federal pieces of legislation. So it's great when you have organizations, you know, whether it's Save the Wells or Save the Children, that have common goals, common purposes for those organizations to figure out ways to work together. When I first started my organization, you know, people would always ask me about Holly, and, you know, Holly tells me people always ask her about me. But what I, I'm excited about is an opportunity to show her audience, which she has this really fabulous event she gives every summer. She's at the this her 21st or 23rd year, but it's, it's been going strong and autism and Parkinson's disease, which her dad had Parkinson's, but now her brother has Parkinson's. But I, I just took the opportunity for me to show the autism and the broader social justice, disability community that, you know, here are two nonprofits run by African-American families who have been touched by this disorder. And, you know, we're working together for a common goal, which is, is helping thousands, if not millions of other families have children or adults with the autism. So I'm excited about it, excited to see you, excited to see, uh, you know, the, the, the great group of people that Holly and Rodney bring together every year. It's a star-studded event. Yes, it's it is. Year. July 27th, Malibu, California. Yeah, beautiful space in Malibu, overlooking the ocean. Uh, just a lovely evening. Ariva, your phone is going in and out. Is, uh, <laughs> are you walking around or... You, you no, 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 no. I'm in the same location. I haven't okay, cool. Because it's going in and out. Sometimes you're clear. Sometimes you're not clear. And I just want to make sure oh, that... Uh, sorry. No problem. Yeah, no, I was saying, you know, it's a big party, but with a really incredible purpose. Right. Well, the thing about it is that, you know, we've got two minutes, less than two minutes left. And I know you're branching out into uh, doing your own productions, uh, you know, executive producing your own shows and uh, pitching your own ideas. Why is that a desire? You're, you know, you're a successful lawyer, you're an advocate, and you have a voice in social media, you're being recognized as a, a, as a legal analyst on CNN. Why is it important for you to produce your own projects? 
You know, I feel, Rashawn, I've always had lots of stories inside of me. And I've told those stories on different platforms via social media. I've contributed tons of articles to online and, and print publications like Time, uh, Motto.com, and CNN.com. And I've just, I've been a writer pretty much throughout my career. Right. And TV is another medium through which I get to tell stories. So I am excited about this new chapter. I get to add producer title uh, to my, you know, long list of, of <laughs> things that I've been able to accomplish in my life. And, and it just is another way that I get to tell what I think are important stories, what I think are stories that will not only inform and, and educate, but stories that will also inspire and motivate it and, and cause people to take action in their own communities and in, other, and in their own lives. Uh, as an advocate, that's what my whole journey is about is, Amazing. you know, being the voice for the voiceless, but also helping other people find their voice. Reva. I want to thank you for calling my show. You are amazing. You know, I'm a big fan of yours and I will be seeing you probably. I will be seeing you before July 27th, but definitely be there to uh, wish you well. Keep winning. Okay. <laughs>